Cyber 24 is presented by our friends at Valcom. Valcom is a Utah-based IT solutions and services provider with a drive for getting IT right. From ironclad security to computing and beyond, Valcom's 35-plus years means they have the experience and the expertise to help your business from desktop to the data center. Check them out at vlcm.com. And welcome to the Cyber 24 podcast, the weekly pod dedicated to helping business and governmental leaders like yourselves better understand the often intimidating topic of cybersecurity so you can make better decisions for your organization. My name is Marty Carpenter of 24.9. I work in strategic communication, public affairs, and government relations. This week, our guest expert is Ted Harrington, author of the book Hackable, How to Do Application Security Right. He's also an executive partner at Independent Security Evaluators, or ISE as they like to call it, a company known for its ethical hacking into software to help businesses fix security vulnerabilities. Now, some of the companies he has assisted include Google, Amazon, Netflix, and Microsoft. He's also been named Executive of the Year by American Business Awards, and SD Metro listed him on their 40 Under 40 list as an outstanding entrepreneur. Great conversation with Ted Harrington. Hope you enjoy. All right, Ted, thanks so much for joining us today on Cyber24. We appreciate you taking some time to uh, speak with us and with our audience. Absolutely. Psyched to be here. So tell me, what what do you think is the biggest misconception about how how companies or how individuals approach security right now? Yeah, it's it's hard to narrow that into just a single one. Uh, actually, my whole book is <laughs> it's written <laughs> around the many misconceptions that exist. So, um, but if I was going to maybe start with one, and there's, as I mentioned, there's many, this is certainly not the only one, but one of the big misconceptions that uh, companies have is about what security testing even is or should be. Uh, I think a lot of companies are familiar with the idea of what's called penetration testing, which is a Mm -hmm. specific type of security testing. Um, But the, the real problem around that term is that it actually means a specific thing, yet it's being very widely used to mean many things. And that the nature of how imprecise we are about describing a thing means that people oftentimes are looking for a a service that they wanna have provided, but many different services go by the same name and those different services all provide really different outcomes. They require different investments of time, effort, and money. And that's a pretty significant problem because if you put yourself in the shoes of the person who says, hey, I'm building something, building a software system, whatever, and I want to know where the weaknesses are. How can I improve those weaknesses? How can I make the system stronger? And they go out and try to have someone help them do that. And it's not clear necessarily what they're buying. Uh, That's a pretty big problem. And I have a lot of empathy for the person who buys those things and, and might not understand the difference. So that's a really, really big problem that most people actually don't even realize exists. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about people who are buying, uh, buying some type of solution or in search of a solution, they already are starting at a point where they don't necessarily have a grasp on what it is they need. They're looking for expertise to fix that. And so if there's sort of an imprecision in language and, and how you're talking about it, I I imagine that can be not only frustrating, but expensive for a company that's looking to come up with a solution. Yeah. The way the way that I might think about that, right, is we all been to the doctor at some point, right? And it's like when you go to the doctor and when a doctor is recommending a certain procedure, that procedure is sort of universally understood what the procedure is. Now, whether or not you need that specific procedure, like maybe that's why you go get a second opinion or whatever. But if a doctor says, 
you know, we need to do a knee replacement. It's not like there's another doctor out there who by knee replacement, they mean we need to give you uh, a vaccine, Yeah. right? Like, and that's kind of how crazy it is with this term where these remarkably different things are being described using the exact same terms and the outcomes are very, very different. And, but the person like, uh, so if we continue that metaphor, the patient, they don't know the difference. They're like, I'm coming to you because you're the expert. Help me. And yeah. it's not their, it's not the patient's job to really understand these differences. And so, um, my, my, I guess, campaign of what I'm trying to do around this is not necessarily change the words that people use, even though I would like people to use the right words to describe the right thing. I feel like the horse is out of the barn on that one. Like, are we really going to actually change the language? Probably not. Instead, what I want people to understand is what the outcome is that they're seeking and speak in terms of outcomes. And then that will help differentiate whether, you know, what someone is talking about. So if we use that hospital metaphor again, you know, and you go to the doctor and you're like, I need this knee to work again so I can run again. The yeah. person who's like, oh, well, I was going to give you the, the vaccine against, you know, measles, mump, rebellion or whatever. Like, that's not going to give you that outcome. Yeah. And so that's how you can like more clearly get to the point of like, okay, what is it that you're trying to achieve? Is that a difficult thing to, um, to convince the end user to do or, or where's sort of the breakdown there? Because I would think that for most organizations, if they say, boy, I've got to go fix this, I'm going to go describe the problem more so than the solution. But you're saying that it, too often they start by saying, I think I need this and don't necessarily describe the outcome that they're after. Yeah, that's a good way of framing the question. Uh, I, I don't think it's actually terribly difficult to convince people of why this is a problem and how to think yeah. about it differently. The question is just, can we get to the people to help them understand that we've got yeah. to think about it differently? Because anytime I've had this conversation with people, they're uh, essentially the reaction is always like, oh, okay, cool. That is helpful. Thank you. Let's now let's move in the direction, you know, that I want to move in. And so it's not like the person who buys penetration testing is out there being obstinate or, or stubborn about how they're thinking about it. They just might not necessarily know the difference. Yeah. And so I totally agree with you that the way we should look at everything in life is we should start with like, what's the problem we're trying to solve and then find the solution for it. And I'm not advocating against that, but we're saying, what's the problem I'm trying to solve? Oh, I'm trying to find the weaknesses in my system so I can strengthen it. Um, okay. Well, what's the outcome that helps me do that? Uh, well, these different approaches might deliver different outcomes. Yeah. Uh, you've written a book, uh, Hackable, How to Do Application Security Right. Uh, who's the audience for that book? Who are you trying to reach? You talked about it's kind of difficult to, to get to the right people to give them the message. Uh, describe first the group that benefits most by, by reading this book. Yeah, there's essentially three groups that the book is written for. The, the principal audience for it is the person who's responsible for building secure systems. That's usually something like the chief technology officer or equivalent, you know, maybe it's a different title based on size of company, rank, whatever. But the person who is building the system and one of the requirements of the system is that it has to be secure. But security is not their whole job. And that person's under tremendous pressure coming from all angles. They've got to hit, uh, you know, release dates. They have demands from customers. And then, oh, also there's this security thing. And that person just, they just need security to go away. Like they need it to not be a problem. They want the thing to be secure, but then they don't want to have to have this hassle. So that's sort of the primary audience. That's sort of tech leader. Uh, the second audience is the people who build the systems themselves. So like software developers, people who are trying to understand, well, 
what's this security thing about? You know, my, my profession is to build things, but how do things get broken? And then the third audience is security professionals. So people who either are interested in ethical hacking, interested in application security, maybe there are experts in some other area of security, or maybe they're even already in this field, but they need new ways of thinking about it, new ways to articulate how to deal with the problem. So those are sort of the three the uh, three groups, the first, of course, being the tech leaders, um, but then also it serves the software developers and security professionals. So our audience for this show uh, ranges from cybersecurity experts and uh, just folks who t- generally work in the IT industry, but aimed specifically at uh, business leaders and governmental leaders who their eyes can kind of gloss over when this gets a little too technical and, and they're apt to say, uh, just let the IT guys handle it. So let's go real fundamental for that group, if you would. When you talk about application security, can you just give for that part of our audience, what are we talking about so that we don't get lost in any jargon uh, and they can say, this is something I need to know or need to know more about and should look into reading this book or I could pass it on to somebody who does. Sure. Yeah, the simplest way to think about that is just uh, securing software systems. Mm-hmm. The one of the big contrasts from that would be something like network security, which is, you know, your, of course, your corporate environment or whatever that pretty much every company has. Not every company builds software, but every company definitely has a corporate network. And so that's a major distinction between the two. Obviously, there's heavy overlap. But when we talk about application security, that's really what we're talking about. Um, But what's interesting about these principles is that they're actually universal. So the ideas that are in this, I wrote this book for people who build software systems. So it's really focused on application security, but the principles apply well beyond application security. But it's like anything in life. If you try to be everything to everybody, you're kind of nobody to anybody. And so just writing a book that was like, here's some good security stuff <laughs> without like a specific discipline, it, it just wouldn't have resonated. So instead, focus in this one area, securing software systems, and then we can zoom out from there. So someone who maybe isn't focused on application security, they're not focused on software, um, maybe they're focused on network security, the principles still apply. Yeah. Uh, how'd you, how'd you, what's your background? How did you get into this? And how did you sort of lock in on this as, as something that needed to be addressed? with some principles on how to go about doing it right. So I'm in the fortunate position that I lead a group of ethical hackers. And for any members of the audience who don't know what that is, ethical hackers are, we're the good guy hackers, right? So like companies hire us to say, hey, can you hack us the way that the bad guy might in order to help us fix it in order to find the issues. And so through the many years we've been doing that, whether that's, you know, directly hired by a company or as security research that we'll then just do on our own investment and then publish it, um, we've really lived on sort of the front lines of how do companies get hacked? How does software get hacked? What do we, what should we be doing about it? How should we make it better? And over the years of doing this, our, our company's named Independent Security Evaluators, or we go by ISE. And over the many years that we've been doing ISE, um, I found that I kept having the same conversations just like over and over and over again. Every day, I'm talking to people who are sort of those three um, personas that we mentioned before, primarily, you know, leaders, uh, tech leaders. And I found that everyone sort of struggles with these same, let's call it 10 or so problems. And I thought that was really interesting once I, once I identified that. They're like, hey, kind of, they don't necessarily all call it the same thing, but when it comes to security, everyone's struggling with the same things. And then I started thinking about, well, how do you solve those 10 or so problems? And that was the moment that said to me, 
I need to write this book because I realized that the conventional solutions, the way that most people talk about solving those problems that everybody has were wrong. And I felt that that was an unacceptable situation to allow to exist. And that's what I, why I wanted to write the book was to address that because I felt like if you, you know, have a great degree of empathy for the person who is in those shoes, right? If you think about that, right? They say, I'm going to build something. I see, I, I see a problem in the world and I'm going to build something to solve that problem. And in the course of doing that, I recognize that security is an important part of that. Oh, and now I realize I have some problems with how I'm going to approach security. So I'm going to go out and try to solve those problems. And when I go to try to find those solutions, the solutions I'm fed back are wrong. And that to me feels just bonkers. And I, that's why I'm here today. That's why I wrote the book is to try to address uh, some of those issues. Um, but that's why I wrote the book. Ultimately. Listen, CISOs, we know how hard it is to manage your security posture. With often dozens of different security technologies that vary in process and application, wouldn't it be nice if you had security baked into your actual server hardware? HPE's Gen 10 servers offer exactly that as Utah's biggest HPE Platinum partner, Valcom believes that your server infrastructure should be your strongest defense. Protect your enterprise with innovations in firmware protection, malware detection, and firmware recovery right down to the silicone. Learn more about the servers that transform your business at vlcm.com gen10. That's vlcm.com gen10. Over $12 billion have been lost to spear phishing and account takeover. Target attacks carry no malicious payload and are able to bypass email gateways. Barracuda Sentinel uses AI to outsmart the attackers and protect your business and data. With Barracuda Sentinel, you can block threats that are already in your inbox, not just the incoming ones. You can stay a step ahead of attackers with AI-based threat detection and you can stop wasting time managing static security rules with this silent zero administration tool. Check out vlcmtech.com slash barracuda dash sentinel to find out how you can save your company from a hacker's $12 billion business. That's vlcmtech.com slash b-a-r-r-a-c-u-d-a dash s-e-n-t-i-n-e-l. You mentioned there are about 10 things that you found companies were getting wrong. Uh, can you give us just an example of what maybe one of those is and, and what was so wrong about it and, and maybe how you figured out a different way to address it? Sure. Yeah, we have talked about one already, which is like, what is security testing even, right? So that's that is definitely one of them. But the the other ones are things like, well, what's the right mindset we should be applying to security? Like before we even invest anything, how should we even think about it? Uh, and that's actually the first chapter I started with the book. And I really, I really grappled with that because I'm like, you know, someone who's reading a book about security, they probably want to get right into the quote unquote brass tacks, right? They want to get right down to like, give me the thing I need to tell a team member to do. But I, before we can do anything, we need to get our mind right. And security really is the, it's really about the pursuit of excellence, uh, people want to think about security as, can I get to a state where I have a quote unquote clean bill of health, right? There's no vulnerabilities. This thing can't be attacked. And that's just not, while that's a noble aspiration, it's just not realistic. So instead, what we should be thinking about is how do we make sure that today we're better than we were yesterday? And how do we make sure that tomorrow we're going to be better than we are today? That's really what security is about. It's this constant evolution. And 
the reason I think that is an important place to start is that a lot of people think about security as sort of a tax on the business or a cost center or something that like we just kind of have to do because, you know, our customer maybe is making us do it. And those are the kinds of companies that get security wrong. They're, when they're looking at it as this annoying thing, you just got to like get out of the way, do the minimum possible. You're, you're never going to succeed. And I think the way we can think about that, if we use the metaphor, would be like if someone said, well, it's important to me to be fit. I want to, you know, have a strong heart. I want to have limber muscles. Uh, I want to live a long life because I'm healthy. Well, the kind of person who is just going through the motions and they're like, well, I, I was told I'm supposed to do 10 push-ups, so I'll do nine. And on the 10th one, like maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't. I'll cut some corners. That person's never really going to actually get fit if all they're doing is going through the motions. It's the person who every day is like, am I stronger today than I was yesterday? Are there parts of my diet that I can improve? Uh, is my form good enough here? Uh, who can I learn from? Who can teach me? Those are the people who actually achieve fitness. And it's the same with security. If you don't have the right mindset going into it, you're never, ever going to succeed. And so that, that's where I started. I started with, you know, what's the right mindset? And then it goes through the progression of what's the right way to share information? How do you choose a security partner? What should happen in security testing? Like we talked about, how often should you be uh, testing your system? What is a threat model? How does it, you know, how should you be thinking about your attackers? And then uh, the conclusion of the book at the end, I talk about what is actually the business justification. Like, you know, why do we even do this? Is security worthwhile on its own? Or, you know, how, sh how should the leadership be talking about it? So those are essentially all the kinds of things I went through. There's a few more I didn't mention, but uh, those are about six or seven of the primary right. ideas. Well, we got to give them a reason to read the book. We can't give them the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> if we give them, the, give them the whole thing in 20 tight minutes, then, you know, that's just not, that's not a good business proposition either. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, um, if I could do that, I would. If yeah, I could tell the whole book in 20 of minutes, course. I would do it. <laughs> so you mentioned that you're sort of the white hat hacker. And and mm -hmm. I, I'm curious a little bit, if you give me some insight on this, uh, you, you have to kind of be in both worlds to play that role, right? You have to mm -hmm. think like, the black hat hacker. And you also have to sort of be able to talk to businesses and explain to them why this is dangerous for them. How do you, how do you sort of live with one foot in each world and how do you stay, uh, stay up to date so that you, what you're doing as a, as a pretend hacker, so to speak, as a pretend bad guy is really what the bad guys are doing yeah, without being a bad guy yourself. I don't know about calling it a pretend hacker. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the well, right term? I, you know, I, I, but yeah. I, what I mean by that is you're pretending no, know, to be I the know. bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah. You weren't, you weren't insulting me. You know, I get it. Uh, <laughs> don't hack. <laughs> the way my I think computer, about this, I didn't mean to offend you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty. <laughs> it's hard to offend me. So, uh, but pretend hacker. No, the uh, <laughs> when you think about the movie. The Matrix, right? Uh, a lot of people have seen The Matrix. If you haven't seen The Matrix, I'm about to spoil it for you, but it's like 25 years old. So at this point, you know, that's on you. Yeah, it's uh, beyond spoiler alert. You don't even need to tell people at this point. We're way beyond spoiler alert. But so in The Matrix, right, there's this premise that everyone kind of is like living normal life as we all are experiencing it. And then you come later to find out that's like a simulation. And some people actually get unplugged from The Matrix and they see what the world really is. And the unfortunate thing is that you know, although they've achieved this great thing, they now have freedom and, and they know what the world really is. And that's awesome. It's also really ugly and it's a terrible experience. And it's like, it's cold and it's dark and food is not good. And a lot of people are like, man, I wish I could just be back in the matrix. And I didn't know what this world was like. 
that's sort of what it's like to be an ethical hacker. You, you see the world differently and there's no going back. You're like, all I see now are systems and how systems fail and can I break a system in a certain way? And, um, and that way of thinking is certainly not for everybody. Uh, that's, that's actually one of the things that I constantly advocate for is why you should partner with an outside expert who that's what they do all, all day, every day is, you know, kind of, kind of look at that, look at the world through that lens. And so how do we, those of us who have unplugged from the matrix, how do we, you know, relentlessly try to keep up with the attackers? Well, it's through research, it's through educating ourselves, it's through educating each other. And one thing that is really fascinating about the kind of people who are drawn to this field, they're the ones who, who find that to be a really stimulating challenge, a really stimulating way to live your life, where it's like, what do I not know about yet? How can I be better at a thing? Because those people, they're the ones who are going to be able to uh, keep up with the attacker. Because one of the things that's kind of crazy when you think about it is that there are attack techniques that exist today, but we don't know about them yet. I don't know what they are. I mean, I'm just speaking in generalities, but if history repeats itself, which it does, uh, that's the way of the world. Like we'll, we find out years later about, hey, this technique has existed for months or years or decades even, but we didn't know about it until you know some researcher discovered it. And it's that pursuit of like, how do I put myself in the shoes of an attacker and think the way they think and think through their motivations and how would they evaluate a system Ultimately, that's how we keep up with them. Yeah. When you work with businesses, it would seem to me that you probably, they may, they may fall into two categories, probably more complex uh, and more dynamic than that. But uh, ones who say uh, we have, you know, they're just on the anxiety side. They've got to fix every mm. vulnerability. They've got to make sure that they've uh, got their security in tip top shape. And others who sort of know they have to do it, but don't understand what that's all about. And like you said, kind of go through it doing the nine push-ups and maybe they'll do the 10th. Is there something that that all businesses or that many businesses find uh, to be surprising? Like when you come look at their system and say, boy, we could hack in this way, this way, this way. Is there something you consistently find where they say, boy, I'm really surprised to learn that about our system, wherever they may fall on that spectrum? Well, that reaction definitely al almost always happens. The I'm, I'm really surprised about X, Y, or Z vulnerability. Um, but I don't know if I would say that there is like one thing that is common to everybody. Like everyone has broken authentication or something, you know, some, mm -hmm. you know, that's obviously jargon. And the point is, it's not like there's one type of vulnerability that we, we see everywhere, but definitely that, um, that reaction of like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I'm glad that we've had you look at it because that's not the way we were thinking. And that, that's, ex I mean, that's exactly why you want to work with, uh, you know, an organization like who, who come from, you know, I'm saying like us, but there's others like us, you know, so people come from our corner of the world, um, because it gives that sort of different viewpoint. And, uh, and that's always pretty fun, right? Uh, there, there have been times when, you know, maybe a company hires us and they get the result, they get the report and they're like, meh, I don't want to do anything with that. I don't care. And that's a bummer because you know they have issues and they choose not to, you know, do anything about it. Um, and, you know, that's, that's never fun because that's not the point is to get better. But by and large, almost everybody, I think, the, I think the way you broke companies down into those two categories is actually, while oversimplified is a good way to think about it, no matter which category they fall into, almost everybody who invests in this type of security is 
happy to find those issues so they can fix them. If uh, anyone wants to know uh, more about your company uh, or more about your book or find a copy of your book, give us uh, the details on how we can go about uh, sending them that direction. Yeah, probably the easiest would just be to go to tedharrington.com. And there you'll find all the information, how you can find me on social media. You can contact me directly. If you need more information about security testing or how we can help you with that, you want to know more about the book, like all of it is right there just at tedharrington.com. But I do like to leave on a high note. Uh, One of the things that, it's kind of funny. One of my friends is a, uh, he's this like incredible DJ. And I got to go see him play this stadium show recently and i'm looking around watching this guy in his profession making like twenty thousand people smile all at the same time and i was like that's cool your profession makes people smile i would not say that our profession makes people smile (laughs) (laughs) for the most part people are like oh god i'm gonna get hacked or i don't want to get hacked or like oh this security thing's stupid or my customers you know force me to do this the the attackers always seem to be winning all i read are headlines like there's a lot of negative feelings that come from this field but I would love to leave everybody on a positive note, which is that things are getting better. Um, the There's a very passionate community of ethical hackers and security researchers who are all pushing and driving for this you know, brighter future state. And while the problem is still very real, very big and very significant, uh, I think we're trending, albeit slowly, we're trending in the right direction. So if you find yourself having that sort of anxious feeling of like, oh man, is this, what's happening here? We all, is everyone gonna get hacked? Uh, it's getting better, just, you just gotta put in the work, invest the time, effort and money and, and it'll get better. That'll do it for this episode. I want to thank our sponsors at Valcom. At Valcom, you get much more than a dedicated IT retailer. They become an extension of your IT team. Whether you're a startup or an enterprise, Valcom has the technical sales and engineering expertise to make your business more effective and more productive. Check them out at vlcm.com. That's vlcm.com. Special thanks as well to our supporting partners, the Utah Division of Technology Services, the Kem C. Gardner Policy Institute, the Utah Attorney General's Office, the Utah Department of Public Safety, and our friends at Secuvant. A reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Cyber24 underscore, or you can hit us up on Facebook as well. We want to hear from you in either place to let us know what you think, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode. You can also rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. We love those five-star ratings. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week and stay safe online.